From Los Angeles, California, this is Verncast, and I'm the bomb. In today's episode of Burncast, we go to San Francisco's Heat the Street Fair decompression and speak to Jim Bowers, the force behind this year's Burning Dragon project. He's also the artist behind The Eyes of God and The Terrasphere. Also in today's show, we discover how some freaks got their playa names. name rabbi what's that oh i made it up it was a it was a something i wanted to do for my grandma after she passed away yeah she always wanted me to be religious instead of having sex with virgins yeah so after she died you fixed that problem that's right yeah and how has your life been changed oh well i was uh now i'm famous i don't know that really i really can't describe it yeah my life has changed completely good good work thank you do you have a point How'd you get your playing name? Well, I was, I had just got into the rave scene in about 93, and I was dressed full on in, in like glitter and velvet head to toe, and I walked into someone and I said, hi, my name's John. And I was like, that's so wrong. And so then it suddenly just came to me Halcyon, which means it's like a bird, like a, uh, like a, a, a phoenix, the mythical bird that calms the sea. So I am the bird that calms the sea. That's beautiful. Thank you. Vassiani is my fly name, and I can't tell you. I can't. I can't tell you how I got my fly name. My fly name is Bug. It's spelled apostrophe B-U-G. It's a nickname. It's short for Ladybug, uh, which is a nickname. And uh, when I first got to Burning Man in 2000, everybody else had a name. And so I just took an old fraternity nickname of mine, which I've been going by Bug for a while, so I already knew the answer to it. And uh, the name came because when I first got to undergrad, According to eyewitnesses, I flirted with every woman in a 50-block radius, so they nicknamed me Ladybug because I bugged the ladies. And you're totally bugging me now! Well, yeah, some things don't change, and so, ironically enough, nobody who knows me from my undergrad days actually still calls me Bug, but after Burning Man, I moved out here to California and just kept going by it. So now, people who never go to Burning Man but know me socially out here call me Bug. All the people who knew me back from school when I got the nickname, don't. Thank you very much. But I flirt with them anyway. Thank you. <laughs> I see you, I'm Jim Bowers. This year we did the Burning Dragon Project. Uh, we went for the world's record longest Chinese festival dragon, mainly because I just wanted people to sign up and participate. People who've never done anything at Burning Man, it gave them an opportunity to build a 10-foot section out of hula hoops and sprinkler pipe and then decorate it however they wanted to decorate it. So 
the world record was a way to get them involved, to get them excited, but I really wasn't out to, to break that record. What I was out to do was bring a lot of people together. You know, my whole idea of community is drink. involving. Well, that too, but. <laughs> Every time you say the word community, our listeners have to drink. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> really? Well, our project is all about community. Drink! <laughs> this could be fun. Because <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm a community-minded person. <laughs> so anyway, we did the, uh, the Burning Dragon. We ended up at about 1,250 feet. So we had uh, about 350 participants. Uh, we made the New York Times, which I was tickled to death with. We actually got about 800 feet of it together for the uh, satellite photograph. So if you look at that, a Kono satellite, you can actually see the dragon out there. And I got letters and emails from people that, I mean, I, prob I swear to God, I probably cried four times in my whole life. And one of them was about two weeks ago in a letter that I got from this lady who told me about the story that brought her to actually building her dragon section. Because she, she was going to do it, and then two weeks before Burning Man, she decided she just didn't have time, she had too many things to do. And then all of her sisters and her aunts and her grandma and said, no, let's do it, let's do it. So she got all of the girls and her family together, and they all sat down on sewing machines, and they, they did all these little pieces to it. She said it was the first time that her whole family, all the girls, got together for something. And that one little piece made that whole project worth it for me. And it was, you know, five months worth of work. And when I get there, you know, you get so, once a, once a project, once a big project is sort of uh, finished and you've done it, there's sort of this huge emotional crash. I mean, you really come plummeting down. And you can go into sort of a state of depression almost because it's the finality of the whole thing, you know? So after the burn, you know, that's why they call this decompression because there's this really difficult process of getting back to the default world and all that airy-fairy weirdo bullshit, you know. Can we cuss on the podcast? Absolutely. Oh, okay, because it's all about community. All about community. Drink! <laughs> that's two drinks. You said community, too. No, that's actually three now. <laughs> How did you conceive of the dragon? Well, the I, nicotine patches. <laughs> If you wear nicotine patches to bed, and I, you know, I, I don't want to promote drug use or, you know, because that's drugs. But if you wear right, a that's nicotine not patch to bed, you will have the most vivid dreams. Oh, oh my God! It says right on the instructions, don't wear nicotine patches to bed because you can have some really technicolor dreams. And so the eyes of God, the Terrasphere, and the Burning Dragon project all conceived by nicotine patches at about 4 a.m. These are other projects you've done. Yeah, yeah. The Eyes of God was the one that we floated above the playa. The Terrasphere was the time warp sort of machine. And then this year we did the Burning Dragon. Now, you know, the, the whole Burning Man philosophy and all the artists that put so much work into some of these projects, you know, we go after funding sometimes when we can't afford it. You Do know. you get it? Yeah, I've had funding from the Bur uh, Burning Man organization for the Terrasphere, the Eyes of God. Those were both funded projects. Um, Personally, I think they could treat their uh, quote-unquote their art community a little differently. You know, I don't know whether or not they're just understaffed and under too much stress. I don't know, but I always got the feeling like we, we were the peons. We were the little, you know, I don't, the little people. It's a lot how they treat their volunteers of my experience. Yeah, you know, and I see it, and I see it. You know, it's sort of this holier-than-thou attitude and you know I remember walking into camp one one time to check in and I, uh, I approached uh, Maid Marion and I said I'm looking for uh, Crimson to uh, get our final check you know you got to clean up before it wasn't check in it was check out actually 
And uh, so we cleaned our camp and I had to check out with her and all that. So I go over there and they said, well, she's in her trailer. And I said, well, could you let her know that I'm here? And they said, well, we're not gonna disturb her. And I said, well, is she busy? And she said, well, I don't know, but I'm not going to disturb her. So they made me literally sit there for like two and a half hours while they waited for her to walk out. Now, when she finally walked out, she goes, why didn't anybody knock? And so it's just that kind of thing, you know, that makes you feel like it's such an insignificant fucking speck. And it pisses me off. This year I wrote Lady B, a very nice lady. She's done really hard work and some great things for that organization. But I wrote her a letter and I said, you know, why don't, instead of you spending 20% of your budget on art, how about spending 18% of it on art and that last 2% use it to acknowledge the artists? How could they do that? Well, I mean, they could do anything from as simple as a, a barbecue down here and then just invite them and just say, come on down because we appreciate you guys and, you know, and, and or, or send them even a letter. Something as simple as a 38 cent stamp with a, th a letter that says, you know, we appreciate your participation. We love your work. We hope to see you again next year. If there's anything we can do for you, please let us know because we strongly support the art community and Drink. and you're a big part of why Burning Man happens to begin with. Something as simple as that could make the artists that go to Burning Man feel like they're actually worth something, you know? It's not ego, I don't think. I think it's just feeling like they want you as opposed to, you know, we could live without you, you know what I mean? I don't know. I definitely think Burning Man is a, 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 a great organization. One thing a, a very wealthy, old, wise man once told me is never burn bridges. And that's the last thing I want to do is to burn any bridges with anybody. But I do think that Burning Man needs to realize that there's always room for improvement. And I think that if they sat down, and especially Larry, I know that if Larry sat down and said, how are we treating the people that give so much back to the Burning Man organization and is the reason that we survive and that is the reason that we're so successful. I think if they just looked at that and said, how can we improve on that? I definitely know that the festival will go on for years to come and it'll only get better. How long have you been going to Burning Man and what inspires you to go? This was year number 10. I, 10 years now. Every year the projects get a little more complicated, I guess. The Eyes of God literally took eight months, 12 hours a day to build. And that's why I say, you know, sometimes we commit so many hours and so much stress and right up to the wire. And, I, and I'll tell you, every time Burning Man has ever given me funding for anything, I have come through uh, to the point where I've made enemies out of my staff and the guys that, you know, work with me to help me get it done, you know? Why is that? Well, because when someone says, we'll give you money for this, but you've got to provide it's got to be there on time, exactly. And I will do whatever it takes to make sure I hold up my end of the bargain. Because it's just, to me, it's a contract. You tell me you're going to do something, do it. I might not do any more than that, but I will at least deliver on what, they, what I told them that I would do. And sometimes that isn't easy at Burning Man. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you'll see artists get there, and they're trying to finish their projects on the playa. Big mistake. Because those 28 staff members have now got that deer in the headlights what I call the 18-second um, uh, uh, attention span. At Burning Man, you cannot hold anybody's attention for more than 18 seconds, and that's just a number that I picked out of the sky, but it's literally the truth. You can't do it. So you count on anybody to help you finish a project at Burning Man, and you're asking for trouble. So you got to get them done before. you got to be able to get there, set it up, and walk away and say, this is my art, and now it's time for me to enjoy it with the rest of, you know, the... Why anybody would work for Artica and do all that labor and 
oh my god for a for-profit yeah for a ticket you know not sometimes not even for a ticket yeah i mean our own lying lying bear you know bear she's been doing it for years and i'm trying to talk her into coming one year and just enjoying all of all of her family and her family are now 87 members of the tribe who's lying bear she's our uh, our our camp uh Placement queen. She's been with us for nine years. She also volunteers for Camp Artica. Yeah, yeah, she's a volunteer. I think she was second in command this year. And we probably saw her in camp for our own community gatherings and our potlucks and all that. We probably saw her for all of 20 minutes because she had her walkie-talkie and they were like, Lying Bear, we need you because the ice truck is in the way and there's a forklift that, you know, run amok or whatever, you know. Okay, so you've been coming to Burning Man for 10 years. How has it changed in the 10 years you've been going? I, I, do, I firmly do not believe in the good old days. You know, people tell me that Burning Man used to be better 10 years ago. In some ways, it, maybe it was. We used to be able to wallow around in the mud. We used to have Jiffy Lube up there, you know, doing the little butt-fucky little thing with the billboard. You can't do any of that anymore, and some people call those the good old days, but l life in general is the good old days today. This moment between you and me, our lips seven inches apart, and this beautiful little bang she's got hanging here, these are the good old days, right here and now, always. Live your life that way. What's your hope and fear for Burning Man? My hope and my fear. God, my hope is that it just goes on. I mean, my, I, I took my daughter, my daughter's been wanting to go to Burning Man since she was in the fifth grade. I took her when she turned 18. Now she's going on her third year, and she's as, as uh, as committed to doing something great there as I am. She's an art major. You know, she finally got it. You know, her and I always had this sort of a, you know, uh, well, you're my dad, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But when she finally saw me in my element, what I really am as a human being and a person in that environment at Burning Man, now we have a completely different relationship. And it wasn't just because while Burning Man was a lot of fun, it's because she saw really who I am. You know what I mean? And what I'm about with two other people and all of those really deep things. And so it. So, why changed. did you wait till she was 18 to take her to Burning Man? Do you feel Burning Man's a family event? No, I definitely think it's a family event, but I, I wanted her, I wanted to know that she was always going to make the right decisions. And I know that w once, once she was at that age, I know that she can make the right decisions, but at least she can also keep herself safe. I'm just afraid that somebody who's 13, 12, they can get out there and be, you know, possibly coerced or whatever. And if you're not there 24 hours with them, something could go wrong. And then it's an, it's, you know, it may be an accident, whatever. Coerced I, against what? You know, I mean, like for what, one year I heard the date rape thing, you know. The girl who gets drunk, she goes home to hang out with a guy in his tent. She wakes up in the morning, she finds out she's been made love to in every orifice in her body. And she says, you know, I've been raped. And then, you know, that was the year they had the uh, the lynch mob coming down the road with the torches and everything, and they were going to literally hang this guy. So, you know, those kind of things are scary, especially if you're a dad, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, any shout-outs to people within your community? Oh, absolutely. We've got uh, Tim Black, who's our mad scientist, our L3K builder. Yeah, uh, him and I are going to do an art car for next year, so he's going to do sound and audio. I'm going to do art. We've got Randy, my, my good 25-year friend. He's going to do all the engineering and construction and all that. So we got an art car coming up for next year. Are you going to get a grant for that? I don't know. It kind of depends on what we do. You know, if it's all going to come down to the art. If I can come up with a green theme, you know, sort of a, 
related thing that truly inspires me to build it, then I'll do it. But if I come up with something else on nicotine patches, <laughs> I can't control that, you know? So if something else hits me and it's just not theme related, you know, like this year, the Burning Dragon had nothing to do with the theme, but it was something that I had to do. It had something to do with bringing all these people together, and I'm glad we did it. Great. I'm so glad you did it. Thank you very much for your time. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having me. Can I offer you a nicotine patch or? <laughs> Hi, my name's Lee Williams, also known as Randomly Kind. I'm at Decompression, representing the Deep End, and I am having a fucking fantastic time. And what did you do for Deep End? I ran the bar at the Deep End. We served between five and 7,000 drinks a day. What brings you to Burning Man? Burning Man is about 30 to 40,000 people trying to make each other say, wow. And did you succeed? We did that on a big scale. What kind of things make you say, wow? Love. Just the, the outpouring of love, the people that come and just give you a hug out of nowhere or just spend that extra special moment to try to make sure that you're having a good time. That's really the thing that drives me, so. And that's what you like to talk about? That's what I like to talk about. That and the fact that there's not enough beautiful black people on the playa. Why is that? We're going to have a Black Friday. I swear to God, Otto and I are going to have a Black Friday. And we're going to have chicklins. And we're going to have watermelon and fried chicken. And we're not going to let white people in unless <laughs> unless you got some black in you or you want some black in you. <laughs> okay. Can I come? Absolutely. You're invited. Okay, bring it. Now, uh, seriously, I want to know, why is not Burning Man ethnically diverse? Why do you think that is? I think it takes a while to, for people to understand that they're um, invited. The inclusive nature of Burning Man, you have to go to know. And so for you to, uh, to experience that, you have to have people invite you from the outside world. So it's really important, like Otto and I, um, to include other people, to invite other people of color and let them know that they're welcome. Do you have any shout outs for people? I have a shout out to the deep end. That's my heart, that's my love. And the Space Cowboys. Even though they're a little rotten, they're ripe in my heart. <laughs> that's all I got. Thank you very much. Thank you, what was your name again? <laughs> this is the bomb, I'm at San Francisco DCOM with? Jonathan. And Mark. Mark. Mark's really shy. He just told me that. All right. So uh, I'd like to know what your playa name is and how you got it. Okay. Well, this is an interesting topic to bomb because I don't have a playa name and I actually don't want one. How's that? Well, I've been going to Burning Man for quite a while and uh, just never got into the playa name or the little playing cards. I've seen people with playing cards. Gigsville. Yeah, exactly. With their picture on it and their playa name and little stats and like a resume. Just kind of thought of as silly and dorky and goofy and just like never, never got into it. I don't know. Is that your only philosophy or do you have an issue just with playing? deeper for him. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> it actually stems back to when I was three years old and my mom used to call me Polenta. And I really have just been scarred emotionally by that. I feel humiliated and just having another name on the playa, albeit anywhere, it really just brings up a lot of strong emotions for me. I just, Oh my god, I feel your pain. It's terrible. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Where'd you get, how'd she come up with polenta? 
Well, I wouldn't eat polenta, and I'd leave it on my plate, and, and then I had to sit at the dinner table for five hours one night until I ate it. And ever since then, I haven't touched it since. You are scarred for life. That's terrible. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day. this man over for not enough use of jazz hands. I'm Sergeant Sexy. What's jazz hands? I just learned what jazz hands are. <laughs> and what's the, what is he, what's the price he, has to pay? he had to do jazz hands for at least and five minutes. I let him off easy this time, but next time I do not want to see this use, this misconduct. Yeah, so I had to do jazz hands for five minutes or less. I let him get off easy, like I said, but next time, sir, I'm going to I'm gonna have to see a lot more jazz hands. I'm not bending over around this thing. Thank you. Do you have a fly name? Yes, I do. I'm Miss Roach. Well, it just kind of happens, as most things do, and I think it's fun and ironic because I am not a stoner, and I do not smoke the weed, nor do I like to crawl around in dark spaces and eat other people's food. So, Miss Roach works. How did I get my ply name? I live my ply name. I'm also... Uh, my ply name is Senior Spanky. I'm with the Hair of the Dog Lounge. I've been there for... I, I think I'm the oldest bartender there. I swear to you. Ask Larry Harvey after he, uh, after he finishes kicking me out of the bar. But I'm telling you, we've been there 24-7 since 1994. So, that's right. We're, 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 we're the old cats. We're the guys, the old guard... We're the actual bartenders for the DPW. And if you ask the DPW, they'll, they'll, know, they'll tell you who Spanky is. All right. Thank you very much. Anybody else have a Hi, this is The Bomb with a special Burncast announcement. Burncast wants to hear from the community. Drink! So we welcome you to send us your feedback, comments, and suggestions either by email or now the latest feature, voicemail. Feel free to contact us at burncast at gmail.com or by voicemail. Simply call 1-888-65-GCAST. That's 888-654-2278. Enter the Burncast account number, which is my Burncast, or 692-876-2278. At the prompt, Enter the access code BURN or 2876. Then leave your message and then press the pound key when you're finished and we'll get it and possibly put it on Burncast. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, please visit our website, www.burncast.net, embedded photos by Gary of Gary'sWorld.net, and a very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.